This is a Radio.com original. This is Coronavirus Daily, World on Pause. I'm Charles Feldman from the KNX Radio.com studios in Los Angeles. And I'm Mike Simpson. New study seems optimistic about the COVID vaccines. Researchers at UC San Diego, UCLA, found getting infected with the virus after full vaccination does happen, but it is incredibly rare. That would make people feel a lot more safe after getting vaccinated, but doesn't mean we can let down our guards. Cases are surging in mainland Europe and people are out in the streets protesting new lockdown measures. We'll go across the Atlantic to find out just how bad things are getting there. Most of the people already fully vaccinated here in the U.S., they are older, their age not stopping them from going out and partying again. Let's start with the vaccination study. Dr. Francesco Torriani is medical director of infection prevention and clinical epidemiology at UC San Diego Health. She's the lead author of the study. Doctor, tell us what your study shows. So we pulled our data from uh, UCLA Health and UC San Diego Health. And we looked at um, positive COVID uh, infections, new positive COVID infections in our uh, healthcare worker population who was uh, just being vaccinated and right in the middle of the last Uh, Southern California surge of COVID infections. And what we found was that uh, the longer uh, after the first uh, vaccination, and particularly after the second vaccination, the longer time uh, after those vaccinations, fewer were the healthcare workers who tested positive for COVID. So that is kind of this vaccine works in real life in a population that is, you know, not a study population, that is really healthcare workers uh, actively working in the health system. And so being exposed uh, in healthcare, but also being exposed at home in uh, one of the worst surges we've had. Yeah, so so a couple of things to unpack, right? Number one being, uh, can you test positive after you get your vaccine? Yes, something could sneak through. You could still get coronavirus, but it's exceedingly rare because we know how well the vaccines work. And then number two, the way I operate out in the world, I'm in way less danger than these nurses and doctors were. Uh, so my chances of avoiding this are even better because they were faced with it every single day. No, I I would argue actually the contrary. This was uh, exposures were occurring when we did our contact tracing. Exposures were really occurring in the household, right? In the middle of this uh, terrible uh, surge of infections. And so these healthcare workers were not so much getting exposed uh, at work they were getting exposed at home and and the vaccine helped them. So the message is we need to continue with these public health measures of masking, physical distancing, and and screening uh, for, for disease until the majority of the population 
is vaccinated. And so can we can all protect each other from transmissions? I, I think probably the biggest misconception that some people have about these vaccines is that once you get them, uh, you're not possibly going to ever get infected with COVID again. And that's not true, right? But these vaccines do stop people who might still get infected from being hospitalized or dying, right? Correct. And what I would say is what this data suggests, and and I mean, uh, this is the fear for uh, at the level of, of all studies that are being published, is that actually not only do these vaccines protect against severe disease and symptomatic disease, these vaccines very likely protect from asymptomatic disease and decrease the severity of the disease. And so not only we're protected from that, but we're also uh, transmitting less disease because our level of, of viral loads, if we get infected, are also lower. Well, I, I was so gonna, that is... Yeah, I was going to say, I, I mean, there's been this big concern about whether these vaccines would actually stop the transmission of the disease, which was what would lead us to eventually having to stop wearing masks. So are you saying that your study shows that that is the case? Not this study, but there's other studies that were published uh, along with our correspondence that would suggest that that is the case. And that is very, um, that is 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 quite good news uh, because it says that if we vaccinate as rapidly as possible, uh, most of the population transmission will have less chances, the virus will have less chances of getting transmitted. Yeah, less places for it to run. Dr. Francesca Turiani, Medical Director, Infection Prevention, Clinical Epidemiology, UC San Diego Health. Mainland Europe is getting hit with another surge of virus cases that has governments imposing more lockdowns, but this time people are fighting back. There was pushback in Germany, led to the Chancellor Angela Merkel backing down from the idea. Dr. Martin McKee, professor of European Public Health at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. So, Doctor, not only did the Chancellor cancel the lockdowns, but she issued an apology for considering them. Yes, it's really quite a remarkable turn of events. I think many of us are looking at it with extreme bewilderment because there is a very strong argument for having restrictions at the minute. One of the problems we're seeing is that the variant of the virus that started in England has now spread into much of the continent. And what we know is that the restrictions that we've had in place up until now are simply not adequate to keep it in check. So therefore, more has to be done and cases are rising in many countries. So I think this is probably linked to issues within German domestic politics more than anything else, because the scientific rationale for restrictions are clear. Yeah, what we are seeing, uh, something that we've seen, of course, in the States as well, to some degree, is increasing resistance to lockdowns. You're seeing it in the UK, right? You're seeing it in in Germany. You're seeing it in France. You're seeing it in some Eastern European uh, countries. Is there uh, a a limit that people have, regardless of what the medicine might say and what the science might dictate? Is there just a natural limit that people have to these lockdowns after which they just want to resist them? Well, it's very difficult to see how people can 
resist them in the longer term because otherwise you rapidly get into a situation like you have in Brazil at the minute where hospitals are running out of oxygen, they're running out of beds, running out of capacity, deaths are increasing rapidly and that's the nature of the this virus. If you don't have restrictions in place while it is circulating in the community, it, the number of cases will rise exponentially and the number of people who die will rise exponentially and at some stage then you will get a reaction to that but then that just takes you into a situation where you're opening up, closing down, going into an endless number of cycles rather than really trying to bring it down and keep it down. When we get the warnings about a surge here, sometimes we get the follow-up question, well, what would it look like? How bad would it be? So in countries in Europe that are dealing with these variants and dealing with the surge, is it, okay, this is going to be a repeat of what we've seen before, the hospitals are going to fill up, or is it bad in the sense that, yes, more people are getting sick, uh, but it's worse just because this was so avoidable. Well, it's bad because it's avoidable. But in a number of countries, we are seeing numbers of cases that are, uh, that are substantially higher than they were during the earlier peaks. So countries that had been relatively spared up until now, like Estonia, Hungary, for example, are seeing numbers rising rapidly. And they had been able to control the virus up until now. So I think that's the, the particularly disturbing problem. Uh, We are also seeing countries like uh, Czech Republic, Slovakia, that did very well in the first wave, then less well in the second wave, but are also seeing problems. So it's... um it's really quite worrying at the minute. But but I, I want to go back, though, to the the uh, these protests that keep cropping up because they're not, I, I don't think, inconsequential because they have all kinds of uh, down the road political uh, implications. Uh, and I'm wondering what you uh, in the health field would tell people who are protesting restrictions. They say, look. Uh, this pandemic has gone on a long time. It's probably endemic. Vaccination uh, distribution is rather slow. It, this is going to go on for quite some time. Most people, the majority of people who get COVID, do not get seriously ill and certainly do not die from it. So we need to have life go on as it is or was. And whatever the consequences are, they are. Well, you just can't let life go on. And that's the nature of exponential spread. Um, you know, one of the interesting studies that was done at the early stage in the pandemic in the US was to it was um, a survey that was done that essentially asked people some questions to understand if they to see if they understood exponential growth. And those who did not understand exponential growth were much less willing to accept restrictions. The challenge is that if it is if the virus is still circulating, at some point it will get out of control. And then you will have the problems that we have been seeing in Brazil. That's simply the nature of it. The other thing I think is really important to say is that certainly in Europe, there have been protests, but that is a very small minority. And the polling data has consistently shown that the population is actually ahead of the politicians in this. They are more willing to accept restrictions. What has been unfortunate is that those who are protesting have been very visible, inevitably, because that's where they television cameras concentrate if you do have people out marching in the street but they are a small minority dr martin mckee public health at the london school of hygiene and tropical medicine coming up after this short break the old folks aren't sitting in their rocking chairs anymore those 65 and older make up most of the vaccinations already around the u.s they were the highest priority group after healthcare workers and many of them 
We're thrilled to be protected and are living life to the fullest now. Yes, some vacationing again, dining out, visiting the grandkids. Brand new world, Stanley Falkenstein, fully vaccinated, 74 years old. So, Stan, how are things after that second dose? Uh, I wish I could tell you it was back to the old normal, but we're in the new normal. Uh, we, My significant another and I now have dinner with friends out at restaurants, but it's still outdoor dining. And I'd say the, the big change is that there's, there's hope. There's hope. We like to. I'm curious, are, are there, now that you're eating with people that you haven't eaten with probably for a while, are there people that now that they're vaccinated want to get together with you and you're thinking, Jesus, I wish I didn't get vaccinated? <laughs> Nobody's contacted me yet that I feel that way about, but. I'm sure that's going to happen before it's all over. <laughs> Your excuse is gone. Now you have to go places. Um, was it hard at all to, to inch back out there, even post-vaccines? I don't know. I mean, were you isolating before? Life is different for everybody. But when you start to go places, was it a little weird at the beginning? Yeah, it, it felt a little strange. And it actually, it's been over a month. It still does. Uh, I, I'm not really comfortable eating indoors. So most of the dining is outdoors, and we still do a lot of social distancing when we do that. So it's uh, it has its awkward moments. What would it take to get you to be 100% confident to go back to eating indoors or doing maybe some of the things you're still somewhat reticent about doing? Um, probably uh, when there's a higher percentage of the population that's been vaccinated besides people 65 and older, it'll increase my confidence, not necessarily from my safety, but also for theirs. It's, you know, there's really, I have no sense that even though I've been vaccinated, I can't transmit the, the virus. So I think it's just that, you know, the news talks about herd mentality. I think at that point, I would be much more comfortable being out there doing the things I used to do before the outbreak. You're looking ahead, I don't know, a few months' time and, and thinking about vacation or someplace you want to go oh, yeah. or something you want to do. It's, it's kind of on the list. And, and, and hey, maybe – so I know some people are booking things and going, okay, well, I can change it later if I want to, but let me get it in now <laughs> just in case. Well, yep, absolutely. Uh, my significant other and I had a uh, cruise plan for last July that got canceled, and we rebooked it for this July, and I'm still waiting to hear if we're going to be able to go. You know, the cruise line hasn't announced whether they're going to be cruising or not, but I'm all, we're also looking at other trips. We like to travel. And, uh, yeah, I'm already looking into booking things, hoping by the summer that we'll be able to get into countries that right now won't even let us in. But do you think that you're going to end up sort of trying to make up for lost time by, by being a madman and just kind of, you know, accelerating <laughs> the pace of, of go, traveling? Go, go. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've got this bucket list and I want to, you know, I lost the year in getting getting to some of these places and I'd really like to see them while I can still mobile enough to do it. All right. Stanley Falkenstein, 74 years old, fully vaccinated. Get on all those planes. Take all those cruises. Dentists are getting busier and busier as the pandemic drags on. They say they're seeing more people with cracked teeth now because people are clenching their teeth and grinding more. Those are conditions often associated with stress. More than 70% of dentists in an American Dental Association survey say that they are seeing more patients now with these problems. 
It was less than 60% in September. One dentist says most patients are unaware that they have a problem until someone points it out. That's because it often happens when people sleep. I do this, but only on the left side. And like one tooth. Only on the left side? My dentist says I'm very specific. (laughs) (laughs) Just that one. The Radio.com app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Find us there.